Sean and Andy, no Jimmy today. He is living that lake life this weekend, being super basic probably. But the show goes on. Hope you had a good time, Jim. Hopefully you're listening, because if not, you'd be a really terrible co-host if not listening on your week off. But hope you had some fun. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, yesterday we had or we had Comic Con going on this past four or five days, whatever. I don't know how long it is now. I feel like it's a month long. But a lot of awesome stuff to talk about, including where we're going to lead. We had Phase 4 announced for Marvel yesterday, which looks pretty sweet. We'll jump more into the details. How you guys doing? I'm a little hungover, but I'm good. I I drank all weekend. I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah, I I was hungover yesterday. I got really drunk Friday, so I wasn't drinking heavily yesterday. Shout out Saul, friend of the show. We had a birthday celebration for the old man. Fun fact that about Saul, and one that it's my favorite fact about Saul. My favorite fact. He attended high school in the late 1900s. <laughs> so he was there in 1999. It's technically the late 1900s. <laughs> I won't say his age, but it was his 35th birthday yesterday. and uh, er. In the same century that the automobile was created. Saul attended high school. So, but we went to, um, we got some delicious Mexican seafood at Miramar, formerly La Isla's de Maria. And I housed so much ceviche and I got the camarones a la diablo, which means shrimp with devil sauce, apparently. And no hot snakes this morning, dude. But it was (laughs) delicious while eating. So happy birthday, Saul. We're gonna jump in though. A lot of shit we want to talk about. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Duh. I mentioned Phase 4 from Marvel was announced yesterday at Hall H at Comic-Con in San Diego. It is a moment that has been pretty much since I've seen Homecoming, my shift, or Far From Home, my shift immediately focused to Phase 4 and what they were going to bring out, and it's pretty pretty sweet, if, if I'm being honest. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Um, we've talked about like the Disney, uh, like the Disney plus service that's going to be coming out. They seem to be shifting a heavy focus in continuity between movies and TV shows as about half of the announcements yesterday were upcoming TV shows that will be featured on Disney plus, which is uh, WandaVision, 
which is basically following Scarlet Witch. Uh, they've got Haw- a Hawkeye show coming as well. Captain or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has an updated logo with the Captain America shield on it. So that was pretty exciting to see. Um, they also have this is the one that I hadn't really heard much of. Um, let me pull it up. What If, which is going to be an animated Marvel show that will have Jeffrey Wright as the voice of the Watcher, and then a lot of the other actors from the MCU will be reprising their roles. Uh, Loki, obviously we've talked about that. And then as far as the movies go, um, we got the official Eternals announcement, which has a pretty stacked cast. Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Richard Madden, Camille, Nun, Johnny, and then... Uh, I didn't. Or Brian Tyree Henry of Atlanta fame. That guy has kind of yeah. shot up a little bit. Um, so some pretty good actors there. Uh, Shang Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is going to be um, based very heavily kung fu, which will be interesting to see them go a different route. Um, Do you see that got, that he he tweeted almost five years to the day? Like how how about getting an Asian uh, superhero? And then almost five years later to the day, they announced that he's the star of that show. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, We we also got um, a Doctor Strange sequel announced, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So they are going to explore multiverses, which is awesome. And the, um, the explanation that I saw for this is this is going to be almost a scary movie for Marvel, almost really? like a horror film. Yeah. Not not like a slasher or anything right. like that, but these multiverses that they're going to explore are going to be pretty scary, supposedly. That sounds awesome. Um, Black Widow, which we've known about for a while, and they officially announced the fourth Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder. And in this announcement, they brought Natalie Portman on stage, which you know obviously means she's going to be reprising her role as Jane Foster. And director, <coughs> who I always forget how to say his name, Taika Waititi, that's what I'm going with, Sounds handed good. her Milanier and bowed her, basically insinuating that she might be taking up um, a version of Thor, which is, uh, I did some research into that's, it. In, in that's been com- in the comic books, yeah. Yeah, it's in the comic books. It's one of the comic book arcs that Jane Foster is worthy of of wielding Milanier. So a lot of exciting stuff, but the best part of the whole thing was after all was said and done, they made all the announcements, they had all these big stars on stage. Kevin Feige brought Mahershala Ali out on stage. All these, They all had the Marvel hats on, and he's like, oh, Mahershala, you got, looks like you have your own hat on there. He puts the hat on, says Blade on it. All of a sudden, this, the theater went dark, and all you heard was like a katana sound and the Blade logo That's show awesome. up. It was oh, I got the chills when I watched it. It was insane, and and we've known not known, but there's been a lot of rumors about what's going to be in Phase Four and like with the Eternals and some of these other shows. I had seen zero speculation about people wanted Blade included in the MCU again because like the Wesley Snipes Blade movies pretty much launched the idea of being able to do superhero movies, and they were they were they were good movies. I thought. And now to have a powerhouse actor like Mahershala Ali come in, take on this role, and to hide it from everyone is it was awesome. Was that's what well that's done. what he said too. He's like, "All right, you guys have heard about all these rumors," and he goes, "I don't think you guys have heard about this one." And then he goes and drops that with Mahershala coming out. That was a pretty cool moment. The the entire sequence, and like you said, like that's a that's a huge 
he's like prime time. Yep, he's, he's won two Academy Awards now, I think. Right. And for him to come in and reprise that role of Blade is going to be pretty sick. And especially, I mean, they do such a good job with everything that they touch. All these TV shows and even the smaller movies that people don't really know about, the superheroes and things like that, they're going to crush it. They always do. Yeah, it's crazy that they're weaving in TV shows into the MCU. That's going to be pretty sweet, even though I'm against Disney Plus personally. But <laughs> that's such a that's an amazing right. idea, and it's awesome that they got the actors to actually sign on and like do TV shows and like you know what I mean. Like those are powerhouse actors, but they're all in on the MCU, so that's going to be. I was kind of surprised really that they're doing uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier <laughs> as a TV show. Yeah, me That's too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I, I, I those wonder are pretty big maybe, movie characters. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they're if they're doing it as a litmus test to see how Sam as Captain America is received. Like if people love him, maybe they'll give him a movie after that. Yeah. Which I hope they do because I like his character and think he'll be solid in the role. Um, I I like the idea of Blade because I know that Marvel has talked about wanting to explore rated R movies Mm -hmm. as well. And this is the perfect opportunity because I don't, I'm assuming it's going to be rated R. I don't think we've had any confirmation, but you can't really do a PG 13 Blade movie. Just the concept of the movie. I mean, he's, he's kills vampires and you want to see that on screen as, as graphic as possible for being honest that's what made the original blade so good yeah there's definitely way more rated r content in in blade than any of the other marvel superheroes i mean it's hyper sexualized hyper violence i mean comparatively like yeah it's it's got to be rated r and then on top of the confirmed announcements kevin phage also mentioned right before the end that um, we're going to get Black Panther 2, we're going to get Guardians 3, we're going to get Captain Marvel 2, and then he also mentioned we're going to explore mutants, and we're going to get the Fantastic Four. So the fact that he felt the need to mention them in this grouping of everything else makes me think that we're going to be seeing the X-Men and the Fantastic Four probably a lot sooner than people forecasted. And um, I even saw a graphic, you know, it had all the the logos of all the new movies and stuff i saw one and it didn't look like it was fan made and it had a fantastic four logo already created with the marvel studios so they're probably moving ahead on that um, they ha- a lot faster than we think i didn't see many logos or anything from the announcement did they have a timeline of how far phase four goes out they did give me one i know that's usually what they show is all the all the logos like you're talking about, but then yeah. they usually have estimated timelines of when they're supposed to come out. I, was, I read something, I don't know, Pat's looking it up right yeah, now, but I read something that said Phase 4 is supposed to happen very fast, and Blade Blade is going to begin Phase 5. Yeah, this so, says Blade is Phase 5. So. Yeah, so I think Phase 4 is going to be unrolled like rather quickly. It's not going to be like a four or five year timeline. I think they want to get it done by the end of like... 2021 you're right so here i just pulled it up here so here's all the phase four movies and tv shows and when they're being released so black widow will kick it off may 1st 2020 falcon and winter soldier fall of 2020 the eternals november 6 2020 shang chi and the legend of the ten rings february 12th 2021 wandavision spring 2021 loki spring 2021 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, May 7th, 2021, What If, Summer 2021, Hawkeye, Fall 2021, and then Thor, Love and Thunder, November 5th, 2021. So you're right. It seems like we're not going to have another Marvel movie until May 2020, but then once that hits, they're going to be coming pretty every three months, kind of like what they've been doing now. And uh, I think you're right, Sean. I think they're going to kind of burn through phase four. Mm -hmm. Not burn through it. I'm sure it'll all be relative and and relevant. But they really want to get to phase five where they can introduce Blade and Fantastic Four and X-Men, it seems like. And obviously all those other movies as well, like Guardians, Black Panther, Captain Marvel 2. So I know we talked about, too, like, we talked about, like, the whole X-Men universe and how we kind of hope it's, like, like, personally, I do hope it takes them a while to, like, really unveil it. But I think it would be cool if they just, like, sprinkled, like... The way they do, like teasers they and stuff, hints of it. Yeah, there's like hints of it, and there's oh, like they're, they're for sure. And, dude, it'll the be in post credit scenes, scenes, everything. Right. It's all going to be post credit yep. scenes, and just like yeah, exactly. I, I so I hope it is like a kind of a slow unveiling, and who knows how long fa- they, phase five? It that could be like a four or five year Infinity War type phase, but I do hope it takes them a little while to get into into the X Men scene again. Um, I kind of felt the same. I don't know. Fantastic Four. I don't know. It's hard to come back from two failed franchises. But if anyone could do it, it's the current the current people who are in charge. So we'll see. Well, the crazy thing about Fantastic Four, and I and the reason I'm most excited for it to be in Marvel is the the heroes and the characters in that movie are, you know, they are what they are. But I feel like Doctor Doom is such an important villain for Marvel moving forward where he can he can transcend across movies as well. Definitely. To, to well, that, explain that. So how, how can Doctor Doom... So he's like, Doctor Doom appears in like in Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure. He's he a huge villain across, across all the comic Marvel. books. Really? Like I think the X-Men might even fight him at some point. He's like one of the most popular and powerful villains that that they face see fantastic four franchises failed that so bad oh yeah right. like, <laughs> they under is so underwhelming compared to what he actually is then to the universe and and i think that that marvel like they've they've kind of well that's why the mahershala ali casting is almost a little surprising because of late at least marvel has been going with the um, idea that they should cast like really good actors as the villains and then lesser known as their heroes who kind of grow and in, grow into the role but i guess when it's a guy like blade uh the villains aren't as important mm-hmm. but that's why i think like a movie like fantastic four like that'll probably be some lesser known or up and coming actors that'll be casted as the four and then you'll get some badass like yeah. I've, I've heard they've been wanting to work with, like, Keanu Reeves and Matthew McConaughey. Like, someone Damn. like that you bring in to play Doctor Doom. That'd be That sick. could really, really... Uh, I've also heard Matthew McConaughey's name linked to uh, Norman Osborn in the Spider-Man series. Really? Possibly. A, I think he'd be a better Norman Osborn than yeah. Doctor Doom, but... But regardless, it seems like I'm sure that's the route that they'll take for this, too. Because just, just personally, and I feel like people would maybe agree with me, but... I, that casting is more important than who plays the heroes. Yeah. And obviously for Blade, that's probably... I mean, I'm assuming that's going to be like a trilogy again, or he's going to be like... If he's going to be a focal point of Phase 5, they definitely need a powerhouse guy to, to carry that. So it makes sense that they would go all out for the lead on that. Definitely. It's exciting. I mean... Yeah. Mar- Marvel's just... They're just awesome. So the is way the, that they keep everyone on their toes like that. Is there a fall movie... 
There is no fall movie. Damn. So we have to wait until May next year for May a Marvel movie? 2020 is the next Marvel. Almost a full year between Marvel movies. That's got to be their longest gap in between movies in a long time. Definitely. Because they've been doing pretty much That's kind of crazy. Movie for the that last, seems like, like, like a little years. bit of a miss. That is a crazy yeah. time period. Unless well, they're, wonder... they're kind of doing that on purpose to, to really set a barrier between phase three and before to the new to the new stuff right. i don't know May, maybe maybe they're trying to give everyone a little bit of breathing room sure. to, to calm down from that which by the way the icing on the cake of the whole weekend end game is number one <laughs> avatar suck it <laughs> officially number one and and I, the more i think about this it really is impressive and i know that they did the whole marketing push at the end the re-release which avatar also did when they came out but we're talking about a movie that in order to fully appreciate what it offered you had to have seen 21 other movies leading up to it to understand and it was three hours long which it didn't feel like three hours but there's still a long time to invest sitting in the movie theater and it still was able to beat avatar which at the time was or an original story, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um, and like something like we hadn't really seen before. So well, suck it, James Cameron. That's my argument for that too. Is this Avatar as I mean it is a good movie, but I mean, wasn't it like one of the first major releases with like good, like well thought out three D and it was, that was part it was, of the allure, yeah, right? I think the visuals mm-hmm. really brought people out. It's basically Fern Gully, if you really break it down yeah. to like a story, but um, just more advanced version of Fern Gully. It was. It was the visual aspect of it that drew people in, and I mean right. that was it was a phenomenal right. movie from two thousand nine. Yeah, it yeah, was like it was the, awesome. at the forefront. And now you look at though, like Andy's going to see Lion King later today. Yep. I mean, you look at the visuals in that right. movie. How far we've come with CGI? It's insane. It is insane. It's nuts. So just a great weekend overall for Marvel and all their fans, including us here at Bros. Let's Talk because we love Marvel. We do. Sweet. Jumping over to something else that happened this weekend, um, we haven't really talked about Fortnite in a while, um, but they had another live event this weekend. It was yesterday at 1 p.m. Central Time, and this is something that Epic just, it's, I tried explaining this to Lena, and it was kind of difficult to do so, how big of a deal it is to have an in-game live event for an online-only game, and so what happened is at 1 o'clock... There were kind of these little sprinkles here and there that there was going to be, there was a giant robot being built, and then there was a monster on the island. And what ended up happening is there was a giant battle in the middle of the game at one o'clock. And it was, visually it was awesome. I mean, these are two massive things that are just battling out on the massive Fortnite island. And the robot ends up winning, and and then he does the floss over the dead monster's body like it was just it's so cool to see that stuff and i didn't i've only seen i think i saw the rocket the first one that they did live in a game but i haven't seen any other ones live i've always been busy but even the videos that come out of all the streamers reacting to it live and stuff it's just so cool that you can jump into an online video game and everyone is watching the exact same thing happen in the middle of the most popular video game in the world right now it's they just continue to impress and it's it's very very cool to see and this game is still going strong which is crazy 
how long it's mm-hmm. been in the spotlight. I mean, it's been probably it's been about well eight, over, 18 months. Yeah, I was going to say, well over a calendar year, closer to two. Because um, we've been playing for, like, well, we got in, like, a couple months after it came out, right. I think. Like, I came think out that was July. January, we started... January, February, we started playing. Uh, yeah. Not this past actually... year, but the year before. I think it was before that, actually, because I remember the first time I played, it was, I think it was pre-Christmas, because there's a bunch of, like, Christmas-themed map stuff and, and things like that. That was, so we, I remember that's right when I started playing, is there were Christmas yeah. trees and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Season 2, I'm pretty sure, is when we jumped on board, mm-hmm. and now they're on going to be on Season 10 with the next season, I'm pretty sure. Yep. But it's, it's not even just the live events, which obviously are awesome if you haven't seen it go on like youtube or twitter search Fortnite live event you can watch the video of the the monster and the robot battling it out um but they constantly andy mentioned they're constantly making changes they update their game every week and they're with each season they make specific changes to the map which you don't really ever know how they're going to play into the events and in this case you know, we've got this whole battle going on. At one point, the monster rips one of the robot's arms off, and you think that he's dead. And then all of a sudden, he gets up, and he walks over to the newly neo-tilted, which is like the futuristic tilted towers, and he grabs what just looks like a statue sitting in the middle of the of the area, and he just pulls it out of the ground, and it ends up being a giant sword, <laughs> which then he <laughs> runs up to and stabs the monster in the head and kills it. I mean, it's just like something that... You've prob- we've all probably walked past that statue a hundred times since they put Neo Tilted on the map and never even looked mm-hmm. at it. And here they are, they're like, oh, here's this little detail that no one probably even noticed. It's a sword that this guy's going to use. And, you know, Andy mentioned too, like, the buildup to it. So in the, one of the snowy areas of the map, like, all of a sudden you saw this big eye appear and it was moving yeah. around. And people thought it was a Godzilla event. And then all of a sudden it started like, you know, producing steam and shaking. And then in the other area over by like the, the volcano, the, yeah, the volcano, like all of a sudden there's just like this giant robot boot that appeared one day. And then okay, every couple of weeks it would get a little bit bigger. So they do such a good job hyping up the events, um, which almost makes it more pressure on them for the events themselves to live up to it. And I thought this was the coolest one that they had done so far. Definitely. Just because, um, and the way that they do it too. And like for those of you who don't play video games, you have to realize that there are at any given time, especially on a Saturday afternoon when no one's working, there's like upwards of, I don't even know, tens of millions of people playing, probably even more, playing Fortnite at one time. And they are all split into games that are split into 100 people servers. So you think about that, just basic math, there's like... 50,000 plus servers being ran towards this one game and all these people are able to see the same thing like what they have to do to be able to pull that off is kind of Mm mind-blowing to the point where i don't even understand it and i i play the video game quite often and um like i will say the last event me and ben like we got screwed our lobby like didn't see it for some reason so we sat there for about 15 minutes waiting <laughs> for something to happen and and nothing ever happened yeah. so like stuff like that happens like it they're it's not perfect but the way that they also set it up for the players like they give them all jet packs so they can fly around <laughs> and see better angles of like you can't shoot each other or anything during the event like everyone's going to see the exact same thing right. and no one can impede with that so it's just and you have to you have to understand too. It's not like uh, it's not like you're sitting there and you're just watching like a screen or like a cutscene. It's like you're actually you're playing there, the game. Right. You can fly around. You can see this battle at any angle you want, and it always looks perfect. 
you know you can interact with other players and stuff like that while it's going on it's a it's got to be extremely difficult to pull off like pat said and they've always nailed it didn't they also have like they were the first game to also have like a live concert that you can attend mm-hmm. and they yep. booked like they're doing another one they're Martin doing Martin. another one too like, yeah. dude, these are just so like crazy original ideas, and that's what's keeping them relevant for sure. I mean, on top of the game is extremely fun, but these these ideas, these different seasons, these they're, plots, that they're like revolutionizing the way that video games are going to be created 100%. in the future. It's insane, and because you look at it, like even games like Apex Legends that came out and for a while was overtaking Fortnite as the most played game, but then you look at it and. They update it like once every couple months, and you know there's something about the way that Fortnite ups their updates their game, and they they put guns in and they take guns out of games, and sometimes that gets frustrating, but it's fresh. It's it crazy keeps it when fresh. that's exactly yeah, it. You could lo- you could not play Fortnite for a month, and then it's not like you can just jump in and pick up the sticks and be like awesome again. Like it's a different game basically every time that you jump in from if you go long periods of time without playing me. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's just it's something that I've never seen a game stay this consistently on top for as long as this has. Like every game fades out. Every game there's hype when it comes out. There's the initial push. People play it, and then it's just kind of the game is what it is. So people find they get bored and they find other games. They like the way that Fortnite keeps everything fresh. That's probably the best way to put it. Is it's amazing, and it's it sing- really it's single handedly pushed uh, streaming over the edge too. Like the game oh, yeah. itself is instant content for streamers. You don't have to you don't have to be amazing or anything like that because I mean that's going to show that even the best Fortnite players, like the ones that are qualifying for the World Cup and things like that, some of them are complete no names because it doesn't mean you're just really good at the game and you're going to be a good streamer like these people aren't people are now entertainers and this game mm-hmm. no matter what you do whether you're decent or phenomenal it's instant content and stuff like this the live events it's it's instant people are going to go and watch they can either go and watch it on their own xbox or pc or whatever or they're going to go and watch twitch and watch how these guys react because they're they're entertainers. I mean, it's it's nuts. Mm-hmm. This game is well, huge. It, it's, it's changed so many, changed so many lives on that front. Where people have been able to leave their full time jobs and pursue streaming full time because right. they make enough revenue off it. And I think the best example of that is uh, Doctor Lupo, who, if you don't know, you should check out some of his videos. He's hilarious. He's also very good at the game. He was named by Time Magazine one of the 25 most influential people on the internet. 25 in the entire world, and a streamer from Omaha, Nebraska is on that list. But, not to sell him short, he raised, um, I think, like $4 million total for mm-hmm. St. Jude's last year. They do He does charity streams, and in one four-hour block... 979 got, or something. Yeah, so close. He wanted to get a million in four hours. He he raised like $975,000 for children's charities in four hours. It's awesome. Just, so it's it's not only cool Ridiculous. to see guys like that where like their lives are changed to where they can, they're going to live a life of luxury now based on this. And good for them for working hard to get to that point. But I like seeing someone like Dr. Lupo who also works very hard to make sure that the He's content that he creates... And- and his entertainment value helps people who need it more than he does yep. as well. So Fortnite is just, it's crazy. 
It's like an anomaly, to be Abs- honest. No, absolutely. It's it's crazy. So much fun, too. I'm... Oh, I love playing it. I have so much fun playing squads. Personally, it... I, I don't like playing solo anymore because everyone else is just so freaking good. It's crazy. It's still fun sometimes, but playing squads with my bros is where it's at. Yeah, that's, that's the other that's the other thing. Like it takes you back to like old school video games when we were playing in high school. We'd play until the wee hours of the night, but like the four of us, we t- we talk every single night like on a basically on a phone call cuz we're playing video games together and it's just it's <laughs> it's just fun to do that. Yeah. Right? I know. I'm always telling Alyssa, I'm like I'm like, I play squads because it's like basically just like hanging out with my friends right, exactly. for a couple hours. Like, you know, we all live in different places and we, we can't like get together as much as we used to be able to. So we get together, we play squads, we shoot the shit, we muck it up. Right. Sean and I bring the, the witty banter. Andy and Ben <laughs> carry the load with gameplay and it's it's a good old time. We pick up some dubs here and there. Everyone listening has to understand what an anchor I am to the process of winning. It is astounding. <laughs> Sean, I always tell you, positive attitude and can-do ability, yeah. okay? Yeah. That's all we need. And yet we still get it done. Yes, sir. So we are post-All-Star break now for baseball. Unofficially the second half of the season because they already played a first half season's worth of games before the All-Star break. And the Cubs and the Sox are... Polar opposites since the break. So Sean mentioned on our last episode how the Cubs usually play hot out of the gate coming out of the break the last few years. I think they're seven and one um, since the All Star break, and even their their game that they lost, they could have won. I think they had some some errors and stuff. And the White Sox, on the other hand, had lost seven straight starting the break. They've won their last two against the Rays, um, but they got swept by the uh royals which is really the big letdown because they have like 37 wins on the season and then the a's before that who when actually looking at the standings the a's are pretty good i didn't didn't really i mean i know they were good last year but i I know they started off a little bit rough this year but they have a better record than the rays so i was like okay maybe that's not as bad of a loss but regardless when you go into the break you're you're right near that 500 line and then you come out and lose seven straight that's that's not what you want um, we've got injuries galore still now. Eloy's out with after an outfield collision, um, and now so the Cubs they've built themselves a cushion. They've got a three and a half game lead, I think, in first place right now. It's not cushion um, enough. Well, the way they Milwaukee, go cold. Milwaukee, um, and St. Louis are just so m- mediocre. I feel mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Like Milwaukee's pitching sucks this year. Their starting pitching is so weak. It's crazy. It's great, and I knew it was not going to be good because it wasn't good last year, and they didn't do anything to really change it. As a matter of fact, they lost a couple guys, so you know their bats are. I mean, their lineup is stacked top to bottom. Their starting pitching is awful, and as far as the Cubs go, Kimbrell is looking like he's worth every penny. That dude is save machine. Great signing. Feel very confident when he comes in the game now. Hopefully, we never have to use Strope again. <laughs> Cut Carl Edwards. <laughs> We lost that game because of Strobe. Yeah, that was that he. He's been struggling since he got back from his injury earlier this I year. I never I liked like. Strobe. I feel like he has a sixty percent chance to let up a home run every time he comes <laughs> in, and he only pitches one inning, mind you. So, damn, bro. But Chris Bryant's looking like he's kind of back to form. Obviously, he was an All Star, but the the big talk was when he gets back to form, are the Cubs going to consider trading him? That's what, yeah, right. Every, every Cubs fan talked about it. We talked about it on the podcast. But now that he's playing the way he is, why don't like, Cubs fans like a generational talent? Yeah, I know, right? Why? 
Why do they not like him? Well, Jimmy and I, when we discussed it, we kind of said, is there any player who you can't trade? And we said if the price was right, I would assume any player is on the table. But you don't just actively go out and put a guy like Chris Bryant on the market and say, what are you going to give me for him? Right. If someone wants to give you a King's Ransom, sure, I'll listen. But, yeah, he's back. He does need to step it up a little bit in the clutch department because it seems like any time there is a big at-bat, more likely than not, he pops out. (laughs) So... He does need to get that together, but whenever we're blowing teams out, it's mostly because Chris Bryant has been performing. So we'll see if the Cubbies can keep it going, and they're getting our, we're getting our pitching back. So that's huge. Darvish. The, the biggest no thing is Darvish. Like yeah, exactly. That's he's huge. been looking that's like huge an ace for them. lately. It's huge. I, I, another thing too is Darvish. You know, when he's on, he is filthy. His slider has. He's probably got. The See, latest break on a slider I've ever seen, and it's and I don't think like there that. was ever a question of his stuff. Mm-hmm. It was more his mental makeup, and could yep. he get over that hump? I think the next big thing for him, though, is he's he's had a few good starts in a row. He's been pitching great. They need him to start giving them more innings. I don't think yep. he's ever gone more than six mm-hmm. innings this year. Um, and if that's if that's a guy who you think you're going to be able to depend on in the playoffs, you need him to be able to go out there. And put up eight innings if he can one night, even if it means throwing 115, 120 pitches. I know that at this point, I don't think his injury concerns from last year are a bother anymore. Like mm-hmm. he's clearly pitching fine. Now they need him to start extending those outings a little bit more, and then then the Cubs are a team that you might really have to start worrying about. I agree, and I, and I think all rope. And another thing for him is just being clutch. He hasn't never done in the playoffs, so let's see if he can start doing it down the stretch That's when true. games are really meaningful and if you can bring that to the playoffs. It's kind of weird they're pulling him without a high pitch count though. I which I haven't really understood. He I think his last start they pulled him after 6 and he only had like 88 pitches or something like that. Which I I don't really understand. There might be something that we don't know that maybe they are trying to limit his his pitch count, but who knows. I well, think it I think yeah. it might be twofold. I think it's partially because we ha- are dealing with so many injuries for like all of our starting pitchers at one point or another have hit the IL and it's not crazy for starting pitchers to hit the IL but I mean you're talking about Lester was on, he was on it for way more than 10 days. He missed a couple months. Hamill's been on it. Uh um Hendricks. Hendricks has been on it, thank you. Uh Darvish is always been an injury risk especially as a cub so it's like you know if they want to put him on an innings limit rather than a pitch count i'm okay with it because i also think the second part of that is the cubbies are trying to go with a kansas city royals type seven eight nine where it's like okay we're through six this guy pitched well he only let up one or two runs we got a two-run cushion now i think they kind of want joe madden to be able to go uh, into auto manage where it's like okay we got a seven we know who our eight is if Morrow comes back and then we'll give it to Kimbrell and that's that so I think that's kind of what they're trying to model but we'll see I mean it could just be that they want to keep their arms fresh for the for a yeah I was push. just gonna say you mentioned that Darvish has never really done it in the playoffs mm-hmm. and maybe it's been a matter of fatigue in the playoffs mm-hmm. to where he's just had so many innings that you just your stuff it just isn't the same in October as it was in May so. It's interesting. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I know more than any major league organization, but just from the outside looking in, I think for his psyche, it like a game like that where, like you mentioned, Andy, he had 88 pitches through six. Seems like for his psyche, it would be worth it to try and push him into that seventh, at least get through seven, and then if he's at 100 pitches, okay, you got through seven. Now we only need the eighth and ninth. 
man, if Morrow comes back and we get through seven, we go Morrow, Kimbrel, that'd be so awesome. No strope ever again. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pat, I don't know either of you, actually. I saw this morning when I woke up, uh, it was in the Sox game. It was a Tampa Bay pitcher. Did you see that screwball? Yeah. I saw that. Oh, my that God. thing looked like it was going to be thrown <clears throat> behind the batter. And then and it hit the outside corner. Holy shit. That was the nastiest pitch I've ever seen I, in my life. I literally thought that the video skipped for a second from where that yeah. ball started. How many times did you watch it? At least 10. Like, Just yeah, like exactly. literally looped. I was like, wait times. a second. What is happening here? That was crazy. I still don't understand that arm angle. Right. That's ridiculous. Because he comes over the top of his head. Like, uh, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's Dude, crazy. That guy is going to th- wreck his shoulder yeah. trying to throw those. <laughs> Filth, though. Yeah, but the, absolutely. On the other, end, the other end of town, now the White Sox are starting to level out a lot more. And I think it's a lot, just the injuries have started to add up. Like, they're really missing Tim Anderson now, mm-hmm. not just from an offensive standpoint, from a leadership standpoint as well. Um, I think the first, in those seven games um, where they lost in a row, I want to say that I saw that they had... Um, it was some ridiculously crazy low number of hits, and it was like 19 hits and like 17 singles Yikes. in those seven games that they <laughs> lost, which you do the math there. That's like less than three hits a game, um, just just brutal, and then it's just it's just tough, though. Like when I said, when you have these young pieces that were playing well, and now they get taken out of the lineup, um, Adam Angle just got called up, so that pretty much says everything <laughs> you need to know about how they're playing right now, and it's at that point to now, okay, you had some hope early in the season where maybe you could compete and kind of stay tough till the end, maybe have a chance to sneak into that last wild card. Now with this streak, you're not going to get in that conversation again. Do you just continue to to not try and lose, but just continue to fall a little bit to get better draft pick next year when you really should have a chance to compete? Um, or do you, do you really just try and get these guys experience and keep them in the winning attitude for momentum into next year. It's It's, it's got to be the experience, but at the same time, they have to be careful because you don't want these injuries to become a more serious thing. Right. And, I mean, if Eloy comes back, uh, I'm sure they're going to keep an, a pretty heavy eye on it. And um, all those guys, though, they, they don't want these things to linger over into next year or become just things that like for the next few years of their career they keep on tweaking a hamstring or something like that yeah yeah so they're they'll be careful about it they know what they're doing and i think the biggest thing is just getting them games i mean these guys are all still really young and the more the more major league pitching that they see and even the pitchers getting them more innings even if they're if they're getting shelled or they're losing it's not that big of a deal i don't think i don't think the psyche of the team is going to be permanently damaged or anything like that it's just it's the experience that needs to happen and i don't think they're going to call up robert from what i've heard I think they should to okay. be honest yeah um mainly just because like you said like it's a small sample size in triple a has been dominating since he's been on like dominating it's out of control but I just feel like he's a guy who clearly has a chance and should be on the roster next year when you look at it. Just let him get that experience at the major league level. Maybe try and go through some See, of those that's like, the early, thing. Right. early like, you know, woes that you have when you go up to the majors. Get it out of the way now so next year he comes back. The Panther, 
He's going to come ready to go. He's going to pounce. Now, is Robert, what position is Robert? He's going to be center fielder. Center fielder. I say definitely call him up in that case. I, I, I'm i thinking just from an outside looking in, not as a Sox fan, but just as a fan of baseball. You know, baseball, it's 162 games, and that's what the 162 games does. It tends to level players and teams yep. out. So you had players on your team, Mancata and Tim Anderson, uh, and even Eloy, when he was first called up, these guys were, I mean, on fire. And they are great players, but now they're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. But you also had the flip side of a Jose Abreu, and uh, that's really all that comes to mind personally. I don't know the Sox as well, but Jose Abreu started off not well at all. And now his numbers are leveling out, and his yeah. numbers are great now. So it's bringing you guys back to middle now that we're getting deeper into the season. But you guys have the makeup to win. I mean, bring up Robert, see what he's got, put him back down if you have to, you know, let him work on the things that the MLB uh, exposed and just worry about the next few years. I mean, this year, I wouldn't necessarily chalk it up as a loss, even if you guys end up with a losing record and a high draft pick. This is a big win for you guys. I mean, well, yeah, in general. And you mentioned, I think the biggest, most important thing about this year, like Tim Anderson's been a pleasant surprise. I think the most important thing that's this year is Mankata looks like a good baseball player yep. and he's still been playing like even these last couple weeks I want to say I saw the other day even during the streak the last three weeks of games he's hitting like 390 mm-hmm. so and he's just uh, getting on base we saw um, in the game yesterday won an extra innings he um, he scored from first on a on a ball hit to the gap between right and center the guy you know didn't go to the wall the guy stopped it and he's just ridiculously fast mm-hmm. and to see him out there putting you know all five tools to use he's been great at third base this year obviously his power numbers are up he's his he hasn't struck out nearly as much as he did last year i mean it's just been best case scenario in my opinion for Agreed. his development this year i'm so excited about the future with him now and he can play multiple positions which in today's day and age that Definitely. is a huge that is a, a big piece and that allows you to keep him in the lineup and allows you to get other players in who are you know, or take other players out rather who need rest. You know, it allows you to mess around with your lineup, tinker. So, yeah, I think yeah, Mancada take he took the biggest step forward for sure. I'm excited to see what your pitching is going to be about though. I think that's going to be like that could like really seal I, the deal. I think that's probably most important. I heard somebody, I forget who it was, compare Dylan Cease with these other great pitching names in the sense that his his approach. To the game it reminds him of uh, Greg Maddox. Someone said Kyle Hendricks too. Who um, and then I can't remember who the third one was. It was another like Hall of Fame pitcher though. And just hearing like saying that you could see like his intensity is like Greg Maddox to where he's such a student of the game and he's constantly trying to improve. Like I mean, his last outing he, he got, got the shot. loss. He gave up. He gave up four runs, and he had seven strikeouts, only one walk, though. I actually thought from, like, um, like a numbers standpoint, like, he won his first start, but I mm-hmm. thought he pitched better, or his command was better in the second The same game. thing, just need the experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That'll be fine. And when your bats come back, I mean, here's the thing. The Sox can score in bunches, so it's like he gives up four runs. There's no reason the Sox don't put up six and get him a W. Right. I mean, you guys have that potential yep. down the road. All right, switching tunes. Um, some of these were Comic Con trailers, but then also, saying, yeah, 
But also, it was, just, was a big reason we got so mm-hmm. many. But there was a big number of pretty, pretty good-looking trailers. I thought, um, yeah. And then one very weird yeah. one, in my opinion. Very weird. So the first one, the first one that I'm going to talk about is Jay and Silent Bob, which I don't know why it's being rebooted, but it has everyone and their mother that's ever been in a Jay and Silent Bob movie. I mean, even Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are in there. But it looks absurd. I mean, they dropped a, not even a regular trailer, they dropped a Red Band trailer, which from the start, it just looks absurd and absolutely ridiculous. I'll probably see it just for nostalgia purposes, but it it just looks ridiculous to me. Yeah, I, that's agreed. That's the I, only way to put it. I, I People don't, are going to see it. Yeah, exactly. But it they look old. Yeah, which that, is, that's the other thing. Like, those characters, like seeing them old, was just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It seemed it has like an Anchorman two esque feel to it. Yeah, you know, where it's just it's like ten years late. It's even longer than that. How, yeah. When's the last movie that even came out? Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Bob Strikes Back, right? And that, that was, was like, like two thousand five. Yeah, I would say it's like fifteen years ago, probably. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that trailer dropped, and it was absolutely ridiculous. The I think, seriously, the biggest news of that entire thing was having Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in it. Yeah. That was all people were talking about. They were talking right. about, oh, this movie looks hysterical. It was like, oh, they actually got Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to come back. Anyway. That's hilarious. Um, the other one, The Kingsman, which is a prequel to the Kingsman movies, um, looks pretty legit. I mean, those movies yeah. are qu- really quietly good. I, yeah, I feel like they just... Underrated for sure. Yeah, it didn't get any of the hype that I think it deserved. And then once people saw it, it's kind of like uh, the first two John Wicks. Like, nobody really talked about it, but once people saw it, they were like, this movie's really, really entertaining. And I thought that was the exact same thing. So they're going the prequel route, and it's called The King's Man. Um, really cool trailer. Yeah. I like... Uh, I thought it was interesting, because based on what you just said there, Andy, that... It's John Wick-esque in the popularity level, like the way that it spiked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was interesting to go away from the cast that they had right. established in the first two and then do a prequel. But Ray Fiennes is the lead, um, and some lesser-known like young British actor is his protege. But, I mean, Ray Fiennes is an awesome actor, so I, I have confidence in that. And like you said, the first two movies were su- almost surprisingly good and definitely under the radar. So I... I'm excited to see how the Kingsman came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would definitely be checking that one out. Um, but it's just interesting to go that route of two movies and then a prequel for the third. But I guess it's not the first movie to do it. So Yeah, and that might be their reason for doing that, though, is that you know they didn't get the success that they wanted by making the sequel. So maybe that's they want to continue with the storyline and things like that, but maybe just going a different route to try and see if it'll catch on. I don't know. I mean, getting three movies with any series in Hollywood nowadays seems like a success. 100%. The way movies flop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, the other really big one that looks, I thought, amazing is we finally got a Top Gun trailer. So Top Gun, <laughs> Maverick, Owner City, baby. Um, Tom Cruise made a surprise visit to San Diego Comic-Con, came out, and to everyone's surprise, really, um, I don't think anybody was really expecting that. Um, and then they dropped the trailer, 
You've got the classic Top Gun music playing in the background. Um, Tom Cruise hasn't aged a day since the first Top Gun, so he looks like he fits in completely fine. The cast is pretty stellar, and I thought the trailer looked great. Um, Goosebumps and all that stuff, just hearing the music and seeing the planes and everything, and it looks like Tom Cruise is actually flying these jets, which I wouldn't be shocked if he was doing that. Um, Right. But it looks pretty good. I I can't remember the timeline for when it's coming out, though. Do you, any of you guys? Um, uh, I don't think it's been announced yet, like an official date. It just says, uh, oh, expected June 26, 2020. Mm-hmm. There you go. June so, Andy, you mentioned that uh, Tom Cruise has not aged a day since Top Gun. You might have noticed that his love interest from... The first movie is not on the cast list mm-hmm. for the second movie. Yeah. I employ you all to search Kelly McGillis right now, oh, I've... who has aged yeah. terribly yeah. since that <laughs> movie. Not that I've she was that. that hot in the movie, but that is definitely why she is not in this movie. Oh, 100%. And she's only five years older than Tom Cruise in real life. It's it's absurd. Absurd. Dude, the wonders of Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, the I don't think they've really come out with a plot. I know Miles Teller, I think, is Goose's, Goose's son. son. Yep. Um, but overall, there's not a, a firm plot line yet. But it looks pretty sweet. The trailer got me definitely jacked up for that. Well, just that being said, though, almost undoubtedly, Miles Teller will be taken under Tom Cruise's wing and... Um, you know, there'll be some more bromance, some more beach volleyball there games. There was definitely sweaty dudes in jeans in that trailer. Oh, <laughs> definitely. Now, I want I want more Danger Zone. I know we talked about that a little uh, bit off air, but we got to have more Danger Zone. I felt like... I would have freaked thing, out. Here's the thing, though. Danger Zone is most often associated with Top Gun, but it's all about Take My Breath Away. They play that song... <laughs> 42 times throughout the movie. Every time Tom Cruise looks at the instructor, take my breath away. Every time. Yeah. So, I mean, Danger Zone is definitely the best song from the movie, though. I legit would have freaked out if at the very end of that trailer, when he's flying off, you just hear the very... And then fade to black. Dude. Because so awesome. when I most recently watched Top Gun, probably like two or three years ago, just to rewatch it, I like in my head I just thought Danger Zone was constantly playing in the background, and then they just like lowered <laughs> it and raised it, and then I was like, "Where's Danger Zone? Why are they not playing Danger Zone the entire time?" <laughs> they should. That'd be awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so should. funny. They just played it like a volume one the whole time. <laughs> Spike it when necessary. <laughs> Um, and then the final trailer that also got released, a lot of people were actually pretty hyped about this, waiting for this trailer to, to drop, was Cats. And Cats is a huge Broadway play, um, got a pretty good cast for it, James Corden, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Hudson, um, is it, is Idris Elba in it? Idris Elba, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty big cast, and pretty big deal that they're making this movie, um, but it's a... It's a weird looking movie. Um, it's all CGI'd, so these people's uh, faces are on these cat-like human bodies. Um, really weird. It just looks weird. I don't know how else to put it. I've never seen cats, so I can't speak to 
like being pumped up for this. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are really excited about this. Uh, the music will be great because you've got a lot of big names in that aspect, but the trailer itself just looks odd. And I saw there were a I ton mean, of funny tweets going on about it. About People were outraged about the Sonic design when that came out. And it, yeah, it doesn't look like Sonic, but I feel like the CGI was a million times better for that than what this was. This was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life, if I'm being honest. It's like a hybrid of, like like you said, they're like cats, but they're humans, and they have like the actor's face, but they're they're cats. Right. It's just really weird. Everyone needs to go watch this trailer, because it is strange. It's very yeah, weird. You have to check it out. It's And like you said, Andy, there's like a lot of hype behind this, and... Like, you cannot show your child this trailer. They will have nightmares. <laughs> they will have nightmares. Yeah. And Nightmare fuel, if for anything, sure. If anything, like that trailer just discouraged me from any interest I might have of checking it out. Yeah, I personally hope it flops. I don't like Taylor Swift that much in general, so I'm, I'm good with it flopping. At the same time, I also probably will not see this until no, I can see I, it for free. No, there's and no then way. And I yeah. probably still won't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but the trailers keep them coming yeah trailers are awesome I, we've yeah, talked about that multiple, multiple times trailers. they get you jacked up for movies that you're excited about and then at the same time a trailer can look bad and kind of turn you off of things but still almost more enjoyable yeah yep so we talked last week about at the time of our recording they had released all of the 99 overall Madden players, and we talked about that in, in detail. And then the next morning after we recorded, they had the full Madden ratings release, all players and team ratings as well, um, much to the displeasure of us Bears fans for some of the ratings that they received. Uh, most notably, I would say, is Mitch Trubisky was a 75 overall, and it wasn't as much the number to me as it was that Lamar Jackson, who has trouble throwing the ball more than 13 yards downfield, was a 76 overall. Um, he was a rookie last year, so he's going into his second year. Mitch is, has a year and a half as a starter. I thought he made strides last year. Some of his, his peripheral numbers um, are still leave a little bit to be desired but when you look at his hard numbers he had 24 touchdowns 12 picks 3300 yards last year 66 percent completion so just from like an overall standpoint like a solid looking quarterback definitely better than the i think he ended up being the 26th or 27th best quarterback rated in the game so just again one of those things where in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter because <laughs> Madden has an entire system now, and I just watched a video that ESPN. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, they they have the Madden Madden adjusting. I forget what they call it. Madden ratings adjustment team or something yep. like that. And they they literally send members of this group out to games now to watch games live. They stand on the sidelines with a code on that says Madden ratings adjuster. So ridiculous. Such a douchey thing. But <laughs> they sit there and they watch and they they make. You know, they make suggestions, you know, they meet at the end of every week and everyone makes suggestions and and obviously if you don't know how it works, like the Madden ratings, everyone every player has like 
I don't even know. They probably have like 25 to 30 different skills that they're rated on, 1 through 99, and then those ratings all add up to give them their overall rating. Um, so I don't know. Was there anything that stood out to you? I thought that it was interesting that the highest rated team overall was an 89. Like they didn't even have any team in the 90s. And it was the Eagles were the top rated team. And then the Cowboys at an 88. Just I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. The team ratings have always kind of baffled me in Madden. Like, if you're... I don't understand why your highest-rated team would be an 89. Like, how does a team ever possibly make a 99? I don't know if it's, like, a compilation of all their players' ratings, or I I just don't know how that works. So, I've always thought that they were low, and the, the window for the team ratings also is very tight. Like, I feel like the worst team in the league is usually like around an 80 an eighty, or something like that. So I, I don't know. I've never understood the team ratings. The, the overall player ratings, nothing really shocked me. We talked kind of at length about the Mitch Trubisky thing, and I was in agreement that I wasn't so shocked by his overall number, but his more his placement amongst the quarterbacks. So... I, from that standpoint, I'm not really... I thought he would have been at least an 80. Yeah. Which I, is like, he's to a me, pro is bowler. like... I mean, that's, that counts for nothing, apparently, even though he threw for over 3,000 yards and his stats from last year vastly improved. 3,000 yards is nothing in today's vastly NFL. Vastly improved. Vastly improved from last year, though. And he did miss forget, two games last year. Let's also not forget that he had the most rushing yards of any quarterback, and it's like... These things seem to count for a 75. I mean, come on. That's that's terrible. That's like your third-string quarterback normally, I feel like. Like, you want your backup to be like an 80. That's why I thought, like, if he got an 80, like, okay, like, he has to prove himself still. But 75 is third-string in Matt. <laughs> I mean, the. I mean, even in that video that ESPN put out, the reason that they do it weekly now instead of, you know, once a season is because those guys are out – to basically prove people wrong and they used Patrick Mahomes as a perfect example he started the season as like an 81 or something like that I think even lower and he ended the season at like a 95 and I mean that's that's exactly what it's for if he goes out and has an amazing week one I'm sure he'll get boosted up after week one and then if he continues to improve then it'll go up I wasn't that shocked about how about uh, Andy, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers not being included in the top five quarterbacks in the game? I mean, he played shitty last year, so I'm okay with that. It was his low ninety. It was his lowest rating since his rookie year, I think, in Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, not his rookie year. Uh, his first year as a starter, I should say. Um, but yeah, he played shitty last year, so I'm I'm okay with where he's where he's at. He's I think the funniest thing is how worked up all the players get over it. It is which is how this team came into right. into existence, this whole Madden adjustment rating adjustment team. It's crazy. But if you were a pro athlete and you and you th- kind of thought that you were being sold I think everybody thinks that they're sold short. I don't think anybody goes in there and like, yeah, seventy six is pretty accurate for me. Like <laughs> 
Well, definitely. But I thought the funny thing about that video was they talked about how Leonard Fournette last year was kind of the driving force for them to put this team together. Mm -hmm. And he was pissed that he was rated an 87 overall, and he sucked balls last year. He should have been an 80 overall. And he's sitting there bitching about an 80. Like, an 87 is a good rating. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone's a 99. Leonard Fournette, you had one good year. They mm-hmm. gave you an 87 rating. Mitch Mitch Trubisky had a solid year. They gave him a 75. If that's somebody who should be pissed, it's him. It's not like you know. It's not like he was a 70. An 87 overall is a good rating. Right. And let's not forget too. Todd Gurley kind of like broke down at the end of the year. And although the Rams still made a deep playoff run, Todd Gurley was not the same Todd Gurley pretty much since like he played the Bears late in the late. And in the he season. still was the top rated running back. He's still in the 97. Game. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. So they talked about how like these guys get death threats and all these crazy things, which is just completely out of control. Right. So if anyone's listening, I would uh, encourage you to. It's a video game. To, I would encourage you to <laughs> put your there. complaints in a more constructive way, possibly um, in the form of a song. So um, if I may, I prepared a. I got to get myself ready for this one though. Pre- prepared a little song for live myself performance about the Madden ratings. Now, for those of you listening, Pat is now currently tying a Bears bandana around his neck, and he just put on an Indiana Jones-style hat, and he's ready to get it. It's pretty accurate. All right, if our uh, super producer, Dick Aspen, could hit the beat, please. Come on, man, guy, you suck. Yeah, these Madden ratings, they really blow. They got the Bears at an 84. Man, these Madden ratings, they really blow. They got the Bears at an 84. Aaron Rodgers dropping back, about to crap his pants. Running out of time, cause Khalil Max on attack. Try to throw it low, Bojack's gonna go. It off the ground, then we'll take it to the town. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Madden got smoking something. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Madden got smoking something. NFC North champions, best defense unquestioned. Offense on the rise too. This guy's ratings do do. Disrespect Trubisky, a move that's real risky. Put a chip on his shoulder, now watch him work at soldier. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Madden got smoking something. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Madden got smoking something. Yeah, these Madden ratings, they really blow. They got the Bears at an 84. Man, these Madden ratings, they really blow. They got the Bears at an 84. So shock, crack, rocks influence this decision. Madden got these initial ratings, cannot be forgiven. How the hell the Packers end up with an 87? You'll be eating words when they end up 5 and 11. Defense will dominate without a hitch When you're led by monsters like Akeem Hicks Did you forget about Fuller, Trevathan, and Rowe? These guys got Bears fans talking Super Bowl Man, these Madden ratings, they really blow They got the Bears at an 84 <sighs> Sorry for the break in song there, I ran out of breath 
That's hot fire. That's hot fire right there. I'll be uh I'll be uploading the recorded version where I wasn't sweating and running out of breath, but <laughs> well done. I, I um I don't awesome. I don't want your life, Madden guy, but get it together. I don't Take want your life. life. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end it with a. Not really a new segment, it's just a new name, new twist on segments that we do all the time. So let's jump in. No one man should have all that power. Alright, we're going to do power rankings today. Which is basically a different version of Hall of Fame, but... I decided that for power rankings, we would do a power rankings of things that our initials could be used for. Now, Andy mentioned it's a weird topic, but we have exhausted most normal topics at this point. So I'm just going out on a limb here. I got some good ones. I actually ended up coming up with topics or with ones for all your initials because I was (laughs) going through and I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Um, Who wants to go first? It's Four or five? Um, either. I did five, I think. All right. But if you only have four, don't worry about it. I can throw you one of mine. All right. Um, I'll go first. Am I going top to bottom or one at a time around the table? Um, you could just go top or top to bottom, bottom to top, however you want to do. Okay. We'll just all put our lists out there. Okay. Um, so my name Andy Pedersen. Initials AP. So the first one that I had was Associated Press, um, AP, solid. Uh, pretty solid Twitter handle, put out a bunch of news and things like that. Second one that I have, Assistant Principal. Oh, <laughs> good one. Um, third one, Advanced Placement, which is like if you take AP Bio or anything like that. Um, and my last one that I had was Adrian Peterson. Oh, nice. <laughs> see, there you go. Solid. What was yours yeah, for me? It, there's also. All right, for go. Andy, for AP, I had uh, anal probe. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> ancient prophecy. This one I split into two words so it would fit my narrative. Airplane. <laughs> you know, it's a <laughs> so good way to travel. My narrative. Welcome to the press. <laughs> Always prepared. Something that's you know good quality and uh, ass pounding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lots of butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> also. <laughs> Attack points. Oh, if we're talking attack points. You know what I mean? Video games. Okay. Sean, go ahead. SC, Sean Connell, also Santa Claus. Oh. Wanna start hot. <laughs> Known that my whole life. Me and the big man. Uh, Supreme Court. Um, Solid. Sports Center. Nice. Had that one on my list. Space Cowboy. Oh. <laughs> did not have that one on my list. That's a good one. South Carolina. Oh. Uh, I think. Oh, and StarCraft. Nice. Video game. Oh, okay. Solid. Sean, for you, I had Stone Cold. Oh. Saxophone chord. Sexy sax chord, you know. Brain in it. Great. Best song there. Sour is. Cream. <laughs> Sports Center. Small Cock. <laughs> Yikes. Dick's Not asses. you personally. Just this just worked. I feel like. Mine out of all of them actually have things that's like you call them AP. Oh yeah, mine did too, but I ignored all of those. Okay, 
most of them. Like I, I like the one I gave was um public relations. Was the one? Public relations, yep. which that one's just boring. So actually, I I didn't even realize this at the time, but my number five is actually power rankings. Huh. That's PR, <laughs> right? Number four, pizza rolls. Because pizza rolls are awesome. Number three, price reduction. Always something you want to hear. Number two, personal record. Always good to set personal records. Number one, prime rib. <laughs> Delicious. That's um, a hell of a number one. I also did uh, I did Jimmy as well, just because he's not here, and I figured someone had to represent him. So Jimmy, Jimmy Riley, JR. Number one, I did Just Right. You know, because we like things are just right. Number two, jizz rag. <laughs> very, very helpful during high school. Um, number three, juvenile record. <laughs> number four, jailhouse rock. Nice. Great song. And number five, joint roller. Joint roller. Jimmy's never done that before, but. Junior. It works with, and junior, just junior. And just J-R. J-R, can I get a whopper J-R, please? <laughs> no unpit Tom or Let. Hell of an abbreviation. <laughs> All right. I, I understand that whole order. <laughs> All right. Solid debut of power rankings. If you guys have any ideas of things we should power rank, send them to us and we will rank them powerfully. Woo. That's all we've got for today's episode, though. Solid one, gents. Had a great time. If you don't already, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Bros Let's Talk. You can find our podcast at broseletstalk.podbean.com. It's also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And one last time, in case you didn't hear it last week or have seen any of our Facebook updates, August 17th, Pong for Charity, a beer pong tournament with the uh, money raised going towards Veterans for Airsoft and their goal to purchase an action track chair so that severely disabled veterans can come along with them on these airsoft missions that they go on. So tickets are still available at veteransforairsoft.org. Head on out, buy some tickets, $70 for a two-man team, $300 cash prize for first. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, We have some sweet raffle prizes that we'll be giving away as well. We may or may not have gotten donations from some of the local sports teams in Chicago. So we'll have to tune in and see. We definitely did, though. For Sean and Andy, this is Pat. Later, dudes. Peace. Later. All right. Later's on the men, Jay. I hate goodbyes! <laughs> <laughs>